DMVR Broncos live presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Yeah. Everyone's so excited today. Vibes are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Uh, probably last few days in Studio X here. It's going to oh, be uh, wow. it's going to be a good one. Studio X. Don't promise people things we don't know yet. I'm put, trying to put the pressure on you. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Put the pressure on Eric and me. All right, well. Are you sure you want to be putting pressure on people in late situations, Ryan? Yes. Oh. Yes, I want to see how they respond. Uh, X today stands for extremely disappointed. Yep, that's about it. Hopefully we can put this studio, although I love the studio, and the game last night behind us pretty soon, and it can become the X of us. Well, you know what? It would have been pretty shitty to uh, welcome in the new Studio A with a loser's lounge. Ah, so yeah, true. That's, uh, that's going to be my spin. That's what I do here. I spin things. Uh, and speaking of that... You do spin things, yeah. as we confirmed last week multiple mm-hmm. times, you spinner. Big spin guy. <laughs> um, like a 60-degree wedge with a Pro V1. Um I have a very simple question for you, for both of you, and I'll start with you, Hank. Do you feel better or worse right now than you did last night? Wow. I think better. Okay. I, I think, I mean, I don't know. I didn't feel terrible last night. Like, because again, the result was bad. It's terrible. It shouldn't happen. It could come back to bite them. But that that loss won't really hurt, I feel like. I mean, it'll hurt when it happens, but also not again to like week 13 where it's like, oh, wouldn't that one be nice? And there was just so much else. Watching Russ cook, do all that stuff. There was enough to be like, okay, I'm excited. But being a few hours removed from that loss, yeah, I feel better. Zach? I, I like this quick turnaround too, by the way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> about the Denver Broncos, I feel better. About the Denver Broncos 2022 season, oh. I feel worse. Wow. So after oh, wow. after looking back at the game, looking at everything again, uh, this team, and we talked about it last night, but this team should have won. They had so many opportunities. You take away some mm-hmm. of those penalties, they win. You take away one of the fumbles at the mm-hmm. goal line, they win. You take away Cortland Sutton's false start, they probably win. Uh the 6% chance that Brandon McManus is able to hit a field goal. They win there. And you give Russell Wilson the ball in his hands. They win with all of the other mistakes they made. They still win. They were by far the better team last night, especially when it counted in the fourth quarter. Uh, But just costly mistakes. But, and we're going to talk about this, so I'm not going to get too in the weeds of it. We're going to talk about this in the second segment. This is one that's going to come back Mm -hmm. and kick you in the behind big time you you set that up for so long i had no idea where the kick was gonna go <laughs> uh, it's not gonna go in the, in the mouth balls could have been anywhere um so just to give you an idea of how bad i felt after last night couldn't sleep um, of course tossed and turned the whole night and then you know when something like really bad happens in your life and when you wake up the next morning it's first thing you think about oh, and of it, course your stomach yep. sinks yep that happened to me this morning. Mm. Like that's like I'm not even gonna compare it because it, it'll make me sound stupid. But the, like when terrible things happen in your life, that's what that's what you think about. Yep. Anything from like a girl breaking up to you or with you to like you know a million other things. That was the feeling. I woke up this morning. I was like, was that a nightmare? Nope, that was real. Boom, heart into my stomach. Yeah, terrible feeling. And then I turned the game on. Actually, I got some coffee. And then I turned the game on. And I I came away feeling worlds better, mm. worlds better. Um, <laughs> this is gonna sound silly, and and people are gonna hate this take. 
the Broncos were as much better than the Seahawks as we thought they were. And they just blew it. And yeah. so, like, that part sucks. But looking back on the film and watching how dominant they were in the second half made me feel better. It's like just watching play after play, great play call, nice play by Russ, staying in the pocket, you know, waiting for guys to get open, delivering it. Um, defense, 34 yards allowed in the second half, yeah. negative nine in the fourth quarter. Negative 12. Negative 12 in the fourth <laughs> quarter. These are all the things that we thought were going to happen. Mm -hmm. And you know what? What's funny is Nathaniel Hackett is rightfully getting just destroyed oh, yeah. by – everyone today it makes it so much worse when you play in a national game mm -hmm. because it's top to bottom if the broncos win that game nathaniel hackett you know and not on it, it never comes down to the you know the last last second decision you know they should have probably won by multiple scores if they just finished oh, drives yeah. um nathaniel hackett is getting lauded today for some incredible halftime adjustments all and like we talk about i always say like halftime adjustments aren't real they were real in this one. <laughs> Everything that you didn't like in the first half, they changed. Didn't target the wide receivers in the first half, got the wide receivers super involved in the second half. Too much cushion in the first half, closed it down in the second half. Not enough pressure, a lot more pressure. Everything that went wrong in the first half, they, you know, they got it right. They figured it out. Especially on defense. Mm -hmm. Especially on defense. <laughs> and then three mistakes. The two fumbles, and man, on the rewatch, the Cortland Sutton false start is so bad. It's oh, so, God, yeah. He has he no involvement in the it. play. Nothing he could have just it. stood there the entire play and never moved. Yep. And that's a walk-in touchdown for Andrew Beck. And, man, that, that one actually ended up hurting way more on the rewatch than it did in, in real time. But even after that, multiple chances to score that touchdown. They don't get it. Um, but, man, the Broncos – were worlds better than the Seahawks, especially in the second half, mm -hmm. and that makes me feel better. It doesn't just it doesn't justify the way things went wrong late. It doesn't make you feel better about the overall. But I, last night when we were kind of talking about how much better they were in the second half, I f I felt like it was a coping mechanism, and then I actually watched it. And I was like, oh no, they were they looked like a team that should have been seven and a half point faves. The, and 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 that's going to be the thing is how does this team look? against a team where they're two-point underdogs when they play the chiefs mm -hmm. when they play the chargers are they the first half team or is the first half can we really write that off to no preseason to getting one day off mm -hmm. every three days in training camp and honestly we don't know the answer to that right now uh, or are they the second half team and this is who we're going to see week in and week out because if that's the case then this looks like a 12 and 5 football team that we that we thought they were coming into the season if not they're nowhere close to the 12 and 5 football team that we thought and the biggest thing from this is going to be how much do the Broncos learn how much does Nathaniel Hackett learn uh, about managing a game, about trusting Russell, uh, uh, about that last drive in particular, and how, mu how much does the team learn about being ready to play at the beginning? How much does the team learn about those halftime adjustments? Uh, are, are the coaches going to make as drastic of changes at halftime, or are they going to come into the game uh, a, a little more prepared for what they're expecting? That is going to be huge. And Hank, I'll let you go, but then I have one more thing that we haven't talked about on that last drive. Yeah, I, I think the adjustments, they were good adjustments, first of all. But I think the adjustments only had to be made because of the way the game played out, which sounds dumb because obviously that's how that works. But they went in there saying we're playing off coverage. We're sitting the DBs back. If, if Geno Smith wants to take four yards a pop, give him his four yards. I tweeted this out earlier. And they he couldn't had, tackle. He had the lowest average depth of target in the NFL this week. 
Yep. Like that's that was the game plan. There's no big plays. Make them grind their way down the field. If they can really do that, then sure, they can find their way to 17 points like they did. Well, in the second half, when you're trying to get back into the game because you blew so many opportunities, that's when you really need to step up and say like, oh, now we need plays. And so I think that adjustment was more so almost because of the offense, because the offense mm. underperformed that they had to flip things around. Um, and in general, that defense was just so good, except for the penalties. I mean, you give seven first downs to that team, that's an insane number. Yeah. And and it's you can't just separate that. That's like the whole, yeah, you know, John always a bad GM, except for Peyton Manning coming. Like, yeah, that's yeah, the big right. thing he did. But the penalties, if you clean those up, I mean, this is one of the best defensive performances in the NFL this week. Yep. And you look at the gap. I can't remember who tweeted it. The only game where there was a bigger differential in yards gained was the Bills against the Rams. And no, one no, no, other one. no. That was it. Was the Chiefs against the Cardinals? Yeah, and then, and then Bills. And the Bills and Rams were right behind. Yep. The my, Bills were just behind. My pushback to that is: look at the quarterbacks for those teams that they were going up against. Mm-hmm. Oh uh, yeah. And then look at the huge discrepancy. The Seahawks were not supposed to be a good offense. They weren't supposed to be an average mm-hmm. offense. So I, I do take that a little bit more with a grain of salt that, that, yeah. than than going up against Matthew Stafford or going up against Kyler Murray. Totally. Definitely. But you can only do what what. You can only play who you're playing. And again, they lost the game. Of course, like and, all that, this, and the first half was bad. Only because of the penalties. Without the penalties, that is a good defensive half and a good offensive half. Yeah, the, the first drive happens. You know, it's a script. Um, that's the only drive they had that wasn't aided, severely aided by penalties. So, I mean, penalties are going to happen. Like the pass interference and stuff, that happens. Illegal contact, that stuff happens. It's it's the, you know, it's the Bradley Chubb roughing the passer. That one really got me because that's going to bring up third and ten. Um, and, it's the taunting. and it's the Jonathan yep. Cooper taunting. Those are the two that are just like, you cannot do that ever, mm-hmm. no matter what. But then that's still ten penalties. You can't have the false starts. <laughs> no, nope, uh, nope. You can't have the delay of games. And something okay, that, that, that we didn't talk about yesterday, yeah, that's a the, big one. the delay of games, um, mm-hmm. how does that happen? I understand maybe in a loud environment you get one, but two should never happen. Two but also, drive, I think. Uh, yes, exactly. But also what was happening was the play calls. They, they were breaking the huddle with 10 seconds left. Russell was trying to change plays with four seconds left. Something in the way that they call plays and operate as an offense has to change because it can't be that, that last minute. If Nathaniel Hackett just wants to have long drives and run the clock down to two seconds before snapping the ball every time, fine. I'm fine with that. That's a philosophical idea that he wants to do, but it can't be play. in the last six seconds mm-hmm. where Russ has to do all this stuff at the line. Something went wrong there. I have to imagine it was with Hackett communicating with his coaches, probably Justin Outen in the box, uh, before relaying that. But whatever it is, that has to change. And you yeah. saw the the pass rushers on the other side teeing off yes. because they knew when it was coming. Cam Fleming played an incredible game. And maybe we can get to this later. I don't think I'd bench him for Billy Turner. Like, he wow. was a monster in the run game. It was unbelievable. But he gave up a couple pressures late where, you know, both the edge rushers are two steps across the line of scrimmage before the ball even gets to Russ's hands. Because they know when you have to snap it. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's like, I mean, he gave up those pressures, but also it's such a bad situation. That does need to get cleaned up. So, like, you got to get going faster. Yeah, and this was the number one thing that we missed last night. There's just so much going on. It was actually one of the main things I wanted to talk about, and then we just got, you know, off on a tangent. But... The Javante Williams fumble, again, you have to hold on to the ball under all circumstances there. Yep. <laughs> but it's the same problem because 
Graham Glasgow has um, I forget the Al Reed is that his name? So, Al something. I can't. Uh, has him right Al Woods. He has him right right over him. And four, three, two. The ball snap, and he knows it. The ball has to get snapped. Russ is clapping, 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 clapping. So he gets an incredible jump. Graham Glasgow is actually looking over to the center for direction as they snap the ball. And he just gets absolutely manhandled right into Javante Williams. And so this is a massive problem. And we, you know, hopefully um, Nathaniel Hackett talks about this today. But I want to know what it was. It's easy to blame him. It could also have been Russ, like getting it, you know, slow to the line or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But we think it was probably Hackett getting the call in late. This is something that the defense complained about endlessly with Vic Fangio. Yeah. Um, and it's way worse. Uh, when it happens on offense, because there's a clock, yep. uh, and you can take penalties because of it. Yep. So two, you know, one of those came on the eight yard line, uh, the the uh, second delay of game, mm-hmm. and it's just like even the announcers are like, "What is going on mm-hmm. here? This is unacceptable." You know, Russell Wilson, how can this possibly happen? Um, but Russ does have to be a little bit more cognizant. It felt like everyone was really, really trying hard to be calm. And they were just like too calm. Yeah. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett, I thought he looked really poised on the sidelines. I thought he did too, but he also looked like a rookie with with, with the yep. moves that he made with those mm-hmm. delay of games. Obviously, with the end of game situation. And guys, one thing that we didn't talk about the end of game situation, which starts with Hackett and moves its way down. The Broncos had four minutes left. And uh, I was like, wow, this is maybe too much time. I don't know. They have so much time to move down the field. <laughs> They moved the ball 34 yards in four 34 minutes. yards in four minutes. And then we obviously know when we talked about in depth about all the issues with game management, with clock management, if you thought it was right, if you thought it was wrong. But if I were to tell you that the Broncos moved 34 yards on the last drive to mm-hmm. set up a 64 yard field goal, you probably would have said there was 50 seconds left, yeah, right? Yeah. A, a minute 10 left in order for them mm-hmm. to do that. Maybe even less. Nope. And it took them four minutes. The Chiefs get a better field goal in 12 seconds. And, exactly. Yeah. And, and that, that kind of goes to like the, the urgency uh, and just the game management at the end. And that's another wrinkle here for the game management that really, really irks me. That's a drive that happens in 50 seconds for teams. What, what are we doing running out yeah. of time here? I kind of liked it. I like the pacing. I like the checkdowns to Javante. I thought, I mean, you know, I don't, you don't want to see him rush. You don't want to see him push downfield. And in another world, they just call that timeout right before the kick, and there's a minute left. But I, I did think that the checkdowns, the working the way down, I personally was kind of a Hank, fan. Hank, how can you like that? They, they had to settle for well, a 64-yard Well, that, that was because, because of the downs, of though. That wasn't because of the time. That wasn't because of the time. That and, that and that's a fair point. They still had a minute to get into better field goal range if they just yeah. executed better on that series. With all their timeouts. In that so. pace, they would have made it uh, 10 more yards, so then you're still settling for a 54-yard field goal. That, that should, Brandon McManus should make that, but what you can are you also doing increase with four the, minutes? Exactly. You can increase the pace. The, the big problem there is the Javante Williams negative four yards. That throws off yep. everything. At that pace, they were they were doing the right thing to end the game on that drive, which yep. you you know there's such thing as a four minute drill. They were running a four minute drill to try and end the game with <sighs> that get, drive. You got to get way closer than just the yeah. thirty five yards. But line. I mean the forty, they were at the forty six with a minute to go and two timeouts. Well, they were but really that, at the forty. I mean that's so so they moved the 42. ten yards a minute. 
So but, I mean, you, you that's not how that works. Well, no, what, do, what do you mean that's not how that works? Well, that, that doesn't mean the they're going to keep they moving that You pace. can increase so you just, the pace. So you, and just the pace. That, you just expect them to now sh- just go for bombs when they haven't done it all drive? No, just get or, or they just, yards on one play. Or just, or just call a timeout because they didn't use any timeouts. So, then why so that doubles the number of plays. There's 20 With yards. one minute left. Oh, because they were kicking the field goal. The fourth down was the problem, not the pace to me. I don't know how you can defend that. 34 yards in three minutes. Still even three minutes. 46-yard line, a minute to go, two timeouts was the situation they had. Zach, that's the goal, though. You don't want to score fast there. You want to score slow. Last night, you said you, you said you weren't worried at all about them scoring fast. You said they wanted you you wanted them to score fast. I realized that. Uh, no, I said just give me like I wanted the stress off of me. Yeah. Just give me the broken coverage. You know what you can do though? You can get the ball to the thirty with three minutes left, with two minutes left, with a minute left, you can, and yeah. then yeah. milk the clock. I, I'm not I'm not waiting until it's crunch time in order to get to where I need to be. I'm getting to that. Then I'm managing the game. The Broncos tried to manage the game and the clock more than they did to try to move the ball down the field. I mean, they're taking what was there. They're moving consistently. Like that, That's, that's not a situation point, where they should have to press. At some point, you have to move down the field. Yes, it is a, it is a time when they have to press. I, I, I disagree there. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, if, it, if, it, if you don't go negative four uh, on, was that second? Yeah, second down then you're moving at the perfect pace because you're just going to go slowly but surely down the field. Disagree. You use your timeouts to get closer and closer. You pro- you like If all goes well, you're probably kicking from like the 20, 25-yard line yeah. uh, as time is expiring. That's not the pace they were on, though. So you can't, I, but, I don't know I mean, how you can say that at all. They would have run more plays in that last minute because of the timeouts alone. Like that, just inherently, that's worth like two minutes right there instead of just one. But if they, we're talking pace. They just, they just weren't doing that. They, they were running very slow. And I'm not just going to say that they're they're going to pick up 20 yards in one. They're minute. not just they going to like accidentally let the clock oh. expire. They're obviously going to move faster as there's less time. That's what they did last night. They let the clock oh, they expire. No, they didn't. The it clock. was fourth down. <laughs> it was fourth down. It wasn't the... clock. Let's go to that decision because I have, you know, now that I actually had time to process the Nathaniel Hack quotes, last night we're like seeing them come in mm-hmm. on TweetDeck, um, you know, live tweeted, which isn't always the most accurate uh, depiction of what Nathaniel Hackett really said. And, you know, one thing that I said I had a problem with was didn't sound like he was definitive. Well, upon seeing it, he was definitive. In fact, he said before the drive, we talked to Brandon McManus. He said 46-yard line, left hash. That's where we got to get. And this is where I can I feel like I can kind of see inside of Nathaniel Hackett's mind as that fourth and five decision comes up is – they said before the drive, if we can get to the 46-yard line on the left hash, that's in range. And so when he gets there and it's fourth and five, he's thinking, okay, we did what we said we had to do. Now it's fourth and five. I don't agree with this, but I'm just trying to process what, what he was thinking. We got here. So do I, I have to trust what we thought before this, which is it's fourth down. We think we're in range. Where he, I think, missed is with thinking about how much time was left. If he just realizes... There's so much time left. Let's go for it. If there's 10 seconds left and your options are try to gain five yards here on fourth down or just kick and get another opportunity from five yards closer or just kick the field goal, I think it would have been the right decision to just try and attempt it. Um, But there wasn't. There's a minute left, and I think that's where he went wrong. But I'm trying to look inside of his mind, and I think his thought was, well, here we are. We made it to the 46 left hash. We say that this is in range. We say that this is we can make this. Let's go make it. I think the biggest issue was that he didn't think about, we have so much time to get closer. Ryan, and, and I completely see what you're saying. 
if that was his plan, that concerns me. And he truly believed in that plan. That concerns me more than anything else. It's not the plan. It's the... That was the plan. That's what you just said. That was the plan going into no, the drive. No, that is the... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? You're the, not, the floor. You're not just going to have one... You can't go into that drive with one goal. Right. You're not saying we're just trying to get to the 46-yard line on the left Exactly. Half. You're saying at, we have to at least get to the 46-yard yeah, 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 yeah. line yeah, on the yeah, left Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Ideally, what you're saying. Ideally, it's a touchdown. But, but again, if that is your baseline goal then that concerns me because that means for months he's thought, okay, I'm going to trust my kicker to make the second longest field goal in NFL history as opposed to giving my quarterback uh, fourth and five, uh, fourth and whatever it would have been. Um, and, and, and that concerns me because then you couple that with what, what you said, Ryan. In the moment, he wasn't able to think and process about the situation. And what do we talk about Vic Fangio so often? He just looked lost on the sideline. Now, Nathaniel Hackett didn't actually look lost, but if you're not able to process what's going on in, in the game, then that is concerning because you do have to be able to think about more mm -hmm. than just a plan that you've established for a month. And I don't like the plan that he established entering that drive. And obviously, I didn't like how he, he handled it in the moment. Yeah, I mean, you got to go for that fourth down. Yeah, and the worst stat that has come out today um, that I think makes me feel the worst about the decision is, you know, we can talk about um, the analytics based on every play that's ever happened, but you have to think about your personnel and your personnel is the quarterback that you just gave up everything to get. You, you know, you sold the farm to get Russell Wilson, and then you also backed up the Brinks truck for him. And this man, Russell freaking Wilson on fourth and five or less in the fourth quarter in his career is 69%. He has converted those opportunities yeah. at 69%. And obviously, fourth and five or yeah. less is a skewing stat it's because there's probably plenty of fourth and ones in there. But fourth and five with that guy on your team, you just got to let him do it, especially in Seattle in that moment against that team. I That's, that's the part that I just... I feel like you as a coach say, Russell Wilson, go win us the damn ball game. And if you if he doesn't do it, you sleep well at night saying, I gave our best player a chance to win us the game. And you obviously don't think about this in, in the moment, but Pete Carroll didn't trust Russell Wilson. That That's what eventually their split came down to. And in this situation, you can bill it where uh, Nathaniel Hackett trusted a kicker to go make the 60 mm -hmm. to, to make the second longest field goal in NFL history, which what over 60 yards or over 62 has had like a 6% success rate or something over Russell Wilson picking up five yards. And uh, like we talked about last night, I don't think this is going to fracture the relationship now, but in three years, if this is still the philosophy that they're taking yikes. And that's what I'm saying about learning from last yes. night. The Broncos are going to have to learn from that last night. Nathaniel Hackett's going to have to learn in many different areas from last night. And this is the most important one of, uh, he's Russell freaking Wilson. He's great in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. You got to let him have the ball in his hand at the end of the game. And Russ was very gracious in his uh, post-game comments, you know, not blaming Hackett, saying, I, I trust him to make that decision. I'd trust him to make the decision the next time. And it then threw in, though, just to be fair, he threw in, I trust myself to make a fourth and five. Yes, he said, of course, I want to, you know, I wanted to go get it. And, and he should. Uh, and so should <laughs> Hackett. Uh, I, I assume that, you know, if Russ, I don't know where their relationship is. But I assume if Russ is taking this the right way, he goes into Hackett's office today and says, hey, man, you know, you, you made the call that you did. Next time, trust me. 
Mm-hmm. I got us. Mm-hmm. And that's like the best possible outcome for their relationship. And, and you know what Hackett says? You're right. I will. Yep. Yep. And, and, and boom. And, air's clear. Next time it happens, mm-hmm. Russ, you go get it. Yep. Yep. And it probably extends to fourth and eight and fourth and nine, maybe even. Uh, and I, I, I would you're say outside of 60 yards, you should, especially the Broncos. <laughs> what, what, what's Nathaniel Hackett been? He's been aggressive in the way he talks about just trusting his guys. He's been aggressive. Mm-hmm. He went for it. Uh, he passed up yeah. multiple field goals in order to, to, to be aggressive. This was the opposite. And what yeah. do we, what, what, what have we, I mean, this was not aggressive. A 64 yard kick is pretty aggressive. I, I would say trusting fourth, McManus fourth, is fourth aggressive. And, fourth and five is more aggressive. Uh, um, I, I'm with Zach on this one. That okay. was the conservative play. Yes, it, really? it, it was. The it was conservative a. It was play. a bad conservative play. And Ryan, what do we? What have we talked about for many years in the past? If you're going to be ultra conservative, be ultra conservative the entire game so your players know. Now don't we, do we, that. we we don't say that <laughs> yeah. though. What we talk about have is a if philosophy. you're good, if, if, have a philosophy and stick to it. If you're going to be aggressive, be aggressive all the time. And Nathaniel Hackett was what 0 for three leading up to that 0 for two on being aggressive. Odds. Probably in your favor that it's gonna flip around a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, all just put the pedal to the metal, and live and die with the consequences. Uh, you know, like I, I joke about Brandon Staley, but that's what he did. He said, "I'm gonna be, I'm gonna yep. be aggressive," and he lived and died with the consequences, and he died. Uh, and actually, this week they had another one, a fourth and short that they didn't get that <laughs> really, you know, could have turned the game. Thankfully, Derek Carr was just trash in the game um and so they were able to get away with it uh but you know have a i've always said that have a philosophy and stick by it are you aggressive are you conservative the problem with that is it was like that was an aggressive conservative it was like this it was both um it was conservative in the sense that you didn't just try to go get five yards with your quarterback it was aggressive in the sense that you're trying to kick second longest field goal of all time uh and that's maybe the worst combination yeah it, it, re- it really is. And uh, this next game, guys, we got to talk about the bigger picture now. This next game, potentially must win. In fact, I absolutely think it's must win. And if you want to be there, you got to check out our friends over Ooh, at yeah. Game Time because this is going to be, I think, a very fun game to be at. Despite it being the Texans, I think you kind of you, you don't look at it as the Texans. This is the Broncos' first home opportunity opener. to get a win. It's their home opener. You get to see Russell Wilson play for the first time in Denver and over at game time. They're going to have the oh best my. the best tickets for you. We've got some sick deals on game time right now. Oh, some very cool deals. And if you want to get those deals, make sure to click the link in our description. If you're watching on YouTube, click it. Or if you're watching the pod, listening to the pod over at ddnvr.com, we've also got the link in there. So make sure to click it to see what they've got. They've got 60% off when you wait. The more you wait, likely the more the prices are going to come down. And that is the way to get these extremely good deals on tickets. Flash uh, flash deal right now, uh, 102 bucks. For section 538, row 22. So you can get in for 102 bucks. That's yep. a pretty darn good deal. Yep. Then, if you want a little bit nicer seat, row 18, section 118, 220. Oof, great tickets for 220. Someone's got to go get these tickets right now. Flash deal on game time. Use that link uh, in the comments. I've got 118, row 13, 219. Oh, there we oh, go. Cool. I love it. So you got to check out everything they've got going on in game time. And if you go to the game, go by Sports Fan, too. It's right next to Tailgate, so it's super convenient. 
Um, go to they've the got all and go to the tailgate, but yeah, also go to sports fan because they have all sorts of different awesome Broncos gear. They've got like the baseball jerseys, they've got hats, they've got the cool shorts that the cool people right wear now. Um, just a whole bunch of awesome gear that you can't find from the team store, fanatics, or wherever. Um, they've got a couple of locations, actually four, but two on 16th Street Mall, one at Park Meadows Mall, the one on Federal that's right next to our tailgate. Um, exclusive gear, like I said, and they're just a great stop for Colorado sports gear. So check them out any day. Pop in when you uh, go to the Broncos tailgate. Yep. And speaking of the Broncos tailgate, come <laughs> yeah. through. This weekend, it's going to be electric. Uh, I cannot wait to see the turnout. The ticket sales are already popping off for us uh, on the tailgate. So you can either go to dnvr.eventbrite.com and get them there. Or if you're a DNVR member, you get a much, much better deal on Mm -hmm. tickets. We always want to take care of our members. So go to the dnvr.com and go to the tailgates page where you will get an exclusive deal, which is... um, almost 50% off uh, for our members. So really, really good deal for, for members and get over there, get your tickets now. You can also ride the bus there and back from the DNVR bar for 10 bucks. Think about that. You know how much an Uber is from here to mile high and back or from anywhere in Denver? Probably during game time, 30 oh, bucks yeah. at yeah. least. One way. Yeah, one way. Yep. You're going there and back for 10 bucks on the, on the bus. Incredible. Uh, so there you go. There's the website. Um, you can also tickets. just go to Eventbrite and search DNVR. You can also there just go, go to Eventbrite and search DNVR. Easy enough. And we have some people in the comment section asking where these shorts are from. Sports, Sports fan. fan. So check them out. That's where you can get those shorts. All right, guys. Big <laughs> picture. We kind of tried to touch on it a little bit last night, but, but wanted to just stay focused on the game. To me, this is where it gets scary because despite, you know, being critical of last night, I think the team's fine. Kind of like we broke down. I think the offense is going to score those points. The the, the offense, let's say they don't even get in the end zone, uh, but they kick two field goals. They get 22 points. Let's say they get touchdowns on those, 38 points. The offense is going to be fine. They they get two touchdowns, and then instead of the field goal that they had to kick with Cortland Sutton, oh, they, all they three get, were touchdowns. They get a touchdown. Yeah. Um, and then we can even add the other one uh, when they were in the red zone and kicked the field goal. So 38 points. The offense is fine. The defense really turned on in the second half. Uh, they're just going to have to be consistent with that. But here's where I'm concerned. The AFC West, extremely competitive. The AFC, extremely competitive. We had, a, a, as a beat, we had the Broncos going 12-5. and five. Well, we had them winning this game. So now 11 and 6, not a concern. Ryan, you had them sticking at 12 and 5. So you have them probably at 11 and 6, just, yep. just switching that. I had them at 11 and 6. A loss takes them down to 10 and 7. Mm-hmm. And Henry, you had them at 10 and 7. Yep. Loss takes them down to 9 and 8. They're not making the playoffs with your record. With my record, We've seen multiple projections, including yours, Henry, where, the, where there, uh, there's a team that finishes 10 and 7 yeah. and doesn't make the playoffs. So I don't want to freak out about one game uh, in particular and say it's ruined the season. But when we look at this and they lost a game that they should have won that everyone had the Broncos winning, this now does put them from making the playoffs, in my mind, to now they're very much a borderline playoff team. Yeah, and uh, here's the uh, ultimate spin zone on this loss. If you're ever going to lose a game that you shouldn't, you should do it against a team from the NFC. And on the road. Mm -hmm. And on the road, exactly. Um, That is the least consequential loss you can possibly have. Mm -hmm. Now, that's if you're just closing your eyes and you're not looking at the rosters. Yep. That's the big problem is you you just had to win this one. Um, You know, if you lose to the Buccaneers – 
then that really just like doesn't matter. You just wipe that one away. Right. You might even just throw away the tape and just say, ah, it doesn't even matter. Right. That's mm-hmm. but if you're gonna lose one, you lose to an NFC team yep. on the road. That's the least consequential loss and when it comes to tiebreakers, all that stuff. Now you're just gonna have to do work to get into those tiebreakers. And that's the scary part, is you have now dug yourself an unnecessary hole that you you should never have been in. Um, and you're just gonna have to go win a game that we thought you were gonna lose to even the scales. Um, but when when push comes to shove, you're it's not it's not gonna this isn't gonna affect the tiebreakers. It's gonna affect whether or not you're in those tiebreakers. You gotta get into them. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Hank, how you feeling big picture? I mean, not bad. I mean, it's it's just so early to be too concerned. I mean, if you lose to the Texans, you've gotten uphill battle. But I don't I don't think that is an, a season ender. You know, I I think oh, what we got we had them losing the Titans in our projection. Yeah. After week one, it's tough to say that the Titans are better than the Texans. I think that the Texans are actually sneaky, pretty good. Zero and two is terrible, but I I think it's gonna be. It's it's zero and three where you're actually in real trouble. That's that's the must win. Whoa! Okay. So yeah. you don't think this is a must win this week? I don't. I mean, technically, it's not. Well, of course, technically, you don't have to have a must win until week nine or something. I. Mm-hmm. It's a must win for my um like mental health. The, no, that's fair. Th- oh, th- that's fair. This is a must win. Huh. Um. I mean, to make the playoffs, you have really? to win this game. You, you are not starting 0-2 with losses to the Seahawks and the Texans at home and making the playoffs. It's, just, I, it's, Hank, it's a slow are, starting team. Like, this is a team that's going to be so much better at the end of the season than it is right now. But th- that's when they have their tough games. Oh, totally, that, but you got to win those. I think I was, I was on uh, in the minority when I said I'd rather have the Broncos play a few tough teams yeah. to start the season, drop those games, mm-hmm. if they're already going to drop them. Now, I really wish that they would have been playing the Chiefs last night or yep. something like that. A yeah. really good team, get that one off, get the cobwebs out and the loss. But now, Henry, the, the issue is the back half of your schedule is so darn tough. Totally. Like, that, that makes some must-win games back there eventually. But, I mean, I, again, like the Rams didn't look like anything right. good either so some of those games aren't going to seem as tough the cardinals but look they terrible the Bills. they played against the chiefs yeah but i mean they got blown out again it's too early to be drawing big conclusions dogs against the raiders this week yeah no they're bad so i think that some of those games will look easier and in in hindsight like like i said i think this texans game might look tougher two months from now than it does right now it's it's just too early for me to say must win so i kind of agree with both of you um henry's take is more pragmatic in the sense of like if you lose this one you just have to make up for it later um the with zach i'm like man if you lose this one the vibes are just so bad and you're probably gonna end Mm -hmm. up looking back late in the season saying wow if they didn't lose those two stupid games then they would have been fine um and they'd be you know waltzing into the playoffs right now meanwhile they're you know every game from week 14 on is must win basically Mm -hmm. to stay alive so I'm somewhere in between. Um, in the end, you just can't lose this one. Like, it's not a must win in the sense of it ends the season if you don't, but you just cannot lose it. You can't, and they shouldn't, hmm. and they should, you know, all those cobwebs and the rust and all that stuff should be shaken off. They should start the game the way they started the second half. All of these things, there's a chance that the Broncos just go out and mow them down because they oh, don't yeah. fumble the ball twice on the goal line and false start on another touchdown. Um, but you, you you really cannot afford to lose it from a psyche standpoint. The other side of this, 
Gotta remember, Peyton Manning, two and three. Two and three to start mm-hmm. the season. The Broncos, even if they lost this one, we'd say they could probably get to two and three. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Now, they went on a 10-game winning streak later in that season. And that was going to be my main point, is that these things aren't linear, and it's not as simple as just looking at the schedule and saying win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. Um, teams go on crazy hot streaks. Teams go on crazy cold streaks. Uh, you know, you're going to win one that you thought you were going to lose, the same one that you lost one that you thought you were going to win last night. And so, on the big picture, I actually feel fine about this team right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, w- I would... My tune is going to change for sure if they lose. If they lost this oh, week, yeah. I'm not going to say I feel fine about this team big picture. No, no, and, and I'm not going to be able to get where Hank is at that saying that this isn't a must win because in my mind it mm-hmm. absolutely is a must win here. Uh, I believe also the Broncos had a harder schedule in those first five games with Peyton Manning. Uh, these first two games are should have been a cakewalk, especially at home against the Texans. You're a nine-and-a-half-point favorite now. You're a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, but now we got to look at where, where can the Broncos make this win up? Because, Hank, in your mind, uh, they have to make it up in order to be back to 10-7 and in a potential playoff team. In my situation, in order to get back to 11-6 and and be a, a surefire playoff team, they have to make one up. So let's go through the schedule where we had them losing games uh, because I do think that there's mm-hmm. opportunities. And the, and the bright side is there are opportunities for the Broncos to make this up. But they just can't lose this week because then that won't just be, okay, you got to make two games up. That'll be the Broncos aren't as good as we thought. The Broncos are not even close to as good as we thought. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I just can't get past the fact that they actually were as good as we thought for most of the game last night. And Except they when just, it matters oh, yeah. most. Exactly. But, like, you just can't predict – like. I, I keep looking back at like all the things we said again before the game, and I'm just like, I feel so dumb for saying those things, but I really shouldn't. Because mm-hmm. at no point could we have predicted they're going to fumble the ball twice on the goal line and false start to take another touchdown off mm-hmm. the board. Like, mm-hmm. It's so hard for me to try and separate those things. Yeah, It's like we were right, but we were also so wrong, and Seahawks fans have every right to just dunk on us all season long. Which they are. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah they, they, are. they will all season. My okay. mentions have actually been weirdly safe interesting they missed me interesting um i didn't I think, get marked on their I wanted think, uh, list the chief's country or whatever it is they grabbed on to a couple of my quote tweets the or chiefs, my, my chiefs fans love today. you yeah yeah huh. and it actually wasn't anything i said it was things that melvin gordon said oh um melvin what are you what are you talking about bud yes okay so let, let's go through the losses week four against the raiders so, raiders sorry I'll add on on nice. mine. I have the the 49ers game as a loss too, and they look terrible. If I had to say, where do you make it up? Just week three against the 49ers for my ten and seven. So they look and, terrible. And, and, and so that that's it with with however we did this. Um, by week four, you can make this up. Yep, I had totally. the Raiders lost too. Um, you, you make you you beat the Raiders, then you're three and one. Now yeah. I'm not going to take the Texans game for granted or the San Francisco <laughs> no. 49ers game for granted. But they should be able to take care of business, just like they should have been able to take care of business last night. They fixed some of those mistakes. They can be three and one. And I posed this to you guys last night. I would have taken three and one if you would have given it to me 24 hours ago. Yep. Definitely. Because we would have just had it win, 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 loss. Now yep. it can be loss, win, win, win. It, it, exactly. Exactly. Um, so I think they can make it up there. Uh, then the week after the bye, Tennessee Titans, they did mm-hmm. not look good. Gave up no. a, a terrible blown lead to the New York Giants. 
The Broncos yeah. can, can win that game. Now, mm-hmm. I still have my concerns about that and, because of Derrick Henry. Um, but the Broncos can absolutely beat that team on the road. And my biggest fear, the stopping the run without Josie Jewell, they did a fantastic job. Now, Derrick Henry is a very different beast than Rashad Penny. Um, but at least they showed the capability of, hey, this defense has the guys, you know, Josie Jewell, whether he's there or not, we can, pl- you know, we have guys who could stop the run. What did they end up having rushing yards wise? Like 83 yards? I think that's what the Seahawks ended with huh. last night. And, like, and Derrick Henry at this point, I, a massive back with a foot injury, that's not, not good, a man. good combination. And all he looked bad pa- this All week. of your power comes from pressing that foot into the ground as hard yes, as you can. Yes, and he looked bad against the Titans. And again, like they're still probably going to figure things out and be fine, but so there are a lot of these that the look a lot more The loss of A.J. Brown looks super detrimental. True. So right there, though, the Broncos can uh, can make it up in, in their next two mm-hmm. losses that we had as losses. They can easily make up as wins. Now... Here's when you get into the really tough part of the season. We had the Broncos losing to the Ravens. Sure, the Broncos can beat anyone on yeah. any given day. That one's going to be tougher yeah. uh, in my mind. The Rams on the road, I think the Rams figure it out. Um, I don't think they're the Super Bowl champs this year. Again, tougher. And then the Chiefs, that one's going to be tougher. But look at that. You don't even have to pull off a, a big upset against the Ravens, against the Chiefs, against the Rams. All you have to do, I mean, the Broncos could easily be favored against the Raiders in three weeks. The Broncos could be easily favored coming out of the bye week going into to to the Titans. So that is something where Mm -hmm. the season is not over, but you do. You you put yourself in a one-game hole. You got to make that up somewhere, and Mm -hmm. there are two extremely easy games for that. And that's for the Broncos to go 12-5. and And they don't need to go 12-5, and in my opinion, for this to be uh, a a successful season. And you can't just assume they're going to hold on to all those wins, though. Of course. That's the other tough part. They they put themselves in a deficit. Yep. I mean, we brought up the Texans game already. That Colts game is, you know, there's another one that's potential. Jags, they looked like they're a lot better. You throw that game in London, who knows? Maybe that's winnable. Obviously, divisional games. So... There is that flip side as well. Oh, yeah. A lot of these, you know, you can't be confident. The Broncos lost our trust last night more than anything else. Yeah. Uh, I don't trust them this week against the Texans. I don't trust them the week after that against 49ers. They have to re-earn that trust from me. Um, because if they win last night, I'm sitting here saying, yep, 3-0 for sure. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm course. saying I can't. Nothing's a guarantee. Of course. Um, someone in the comments said, I don't know if the run defense was actually that good. Penny had a couple big runs. This is like, again, it comes down to, are we talking about process or talking about results? Because the process of uh, the Broncos last night was amazing. The results was te- were terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, the process was they held the, you know, that team to 76 rushing yards. That means, sorry, the results where they held that team to 76 rushing yards. The process where, yeah, there's a couple big runs. There's even a couple that got called back due to penalties. Does that count? I don't know. And- but in the end... What matters is results. The results were good yesterday in the, same, in the same way that the results were bad on the scoreboard. They were good in the run game. Just to look on the opposite side, though, Richard did rush for five yards per carry. So yeah. we're, we're going to find out more these next couple of weeks, especially against the 49ers, a team that's going to really run the ball with the way Trey Lance mm-hmm. is looking right now, just exactly where that is. What scares me the most. yard run, though. Yeah. You know, one big one that kind of skews With that. With Justin yeah. Simmons missening a tackle, which yeah. isn't happening. But Half what scares me the most about the running game is that Alex Singleton, first of all, he, he made some mistakes, but was still significantly better in that game than Jonas Griffith. And so while it's exciting to be getting Josie Jewell back, there's a good chance that sending Singleton to the bench, you still got Griffith right there, and you hope that he comes along and that he's just a little bit rusty from sitting out, whatever it is. But I do, I, I am a little bit concerned about that spot. 
I mean, if you had to do it, you could go Jewel and Singleton. You could, but you're you're not doing that this week. No. And you're probably not doing that the week after. And yeah, and these are games that you really need to to get right. Oh, so you do need these games. I mean, I mean, not <laughs> must win need, but don't blow them. Uh, and really quick, I, I there, there were some people going back and forth in the comment section on now you have to sweep a division rival. No, that's why we just did this mm. exercise to show. You don't actually have to beat any great teams that, that you weren't supposed to beat yet. Uh, you, By the you, way, we didn't even talk about the Rams, who, again, bad. their fans are probably panicking at the same level. Well, they don't have fans. But if they had fans, they would be panicking at the same level as Broncos fans. You know, they got blown out. They consider Obviously, they considered themselves a Super Bowl contender. They yep. won the Super Bowl. They got blown out by a real Super Bowl contender. They're probably feeling like we are worlds away from where we need to be. But don't um, you think they'll by that time they'll be right and and not not right in a Super Bowl way, but be better? Right, better. but that's the same thing you have to feel about the Broncos. Course, and so the, if I was doing a Rams podcast, I'd be saying the same thing about them as hey, yeah. everything. So everyone's overreacting to week, week mm-hmm. 1. And that's what happens. You know, I tweeted out all the different weird things that happened in the NFL. The Broncos losing the Seahawks were just so close to it that it feels so much worse. But the Colts tied with the Texans. The Bengals, yeah. you know, they were bigger favorites than the Broncos. The Bengals um, lost to the Steelers. They were bigger favorites than the Broncos. The, the Niners lost to the Bears by two scores. They were bigger favorites than the Broncos, I'm pretty sure. Um, or at least tied with the Broncos in terms of how big of a favorite they are. The Packers scored seven points. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers and the Packers scored seven points. So lots of weird things happened. Two weeks from now, we'll be looking back and saying, man, I can't believe, you know, everyone freaked out about Aaron Rodgers. He's right back on MVP pace. Or maybe he's not. Or maybe he's not. (laughs) But you know what I mean. Two weeks from now, we'll be saying week one overreactions are kind of funny. What sucks for Mm -hmm. the Broncos is they're now just stuck in the mud. They're part of this whole overreaction. Hey, are the Seahawks better than we thought? Hey, are the Broncos worse than we thought? Hey, are the Texans better? Are the the Bengals going to take a step back? It's all these things that happened in week one and I've said it a million times during the off season. So I, at least I, I feel like, you know, everyone shouldn't be totally blindsided by this weird things happen in week one. It's the weirdest week where the most random stuff happens and two fumbles on the goal line is probably the most random thing that can possibly happen to your team to cause you to lose a game. You know, the last time that happened. 2000. No, never. Oh, never. No, no, no it did happen. 1987. Oh, there wow. was a mistake in the tweet. Well, no, the tweet said since at least. Because oh, I think okay. that was probably the best tracking right, they had or right, whatever. Right. Okay. So 1987 was the last wow. time that happened. Shows you. It's never it's happened. highly unlikely that that's going to happen to the Broncos again the rest mm-hmm. of this season. Never LA happened was in 26. any of our lives. Maybe not anyone who's currently in this office. <laughs> pretty, pretty wild. Elway was wild. A, few, a few years from his prime. Yeah. He, was, he was getting close to his prime. Yeah, exactly. Which is crazy which is crazy. And if you want to get in on all the action, check out our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. There's a lot of action to be had. Full slate of college ball this week. Full slate of NFL. Like I said, Broncos now nine and a half point favorite. That's dropped from ten and a half a week ago. Then it was ten yesterday morning. Now it's nine and a half. So if you think the Broncos just had a lot of things go wrong, but they're a significantly better team than the Colts, then you gotta love that. Or the than the Texans, you gotta love that. If they're hook. significantly better than the Texans. They're probably significantly better. <laughs> no, than right, the right. Then you gotta love that hook coming down. <laughs> That's true. I expect that to probably creep back up to ten. So my recommendation would be, if you like that, I'd grab it now because I think it will go back to ten at some point this week. And if you bet five dollars over a DraftKings sportsbook on any NFL game money line, 
you get $200 in your account just like that in free bets, which you can use on any game right away. So head to the App Store now, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this deal. That's promo code DNVR over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Terms and restrictions apply. See our comment section for the details. And guys, let's hop into our DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week right now. And mine is focusing on this Texans game, trying to find a little value where you may be able to. And one of the cool things that DraftKings does, they have quick single game parlays or same game parlays. So what they do- They've already got those up? Yes, they already have those up. And the one that's just jumping out to me, it's a safe one, but you get plus 215 money. It's Broncos money line. So you don't have to worry Mm -hmm. about that spread. All they have to do is win, which I think they're going to do. Over 45 and a half points. It buys it down just a little bit. And Broncos first quarter win. Now, I think the Broncos, especially after the way the game ended last week, the way the game started, I think the Broncos are going to get out to a quick lead on the Texans. And so I really like that. I expect the Broncos offense to be hot in first quarter. I like this. Mm I... I'm not as confident in them in the first quarter just because our current uh, evidence shows us that they might be a slow starting team. Now, that could have just been slow starting to the season, yep. but I'm not is. confident enough into it to go to it. What I am confident in is that Nathaniel Hackett's halftime adjustments looked pretty good to me. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the best thing he did yesterday was adjust to what they were seeing in the first half and, and exploit what was there for them in the second half. I expect them to do that again. Um, so I'll take the Broncos minus two and a half in the third quarter. Ah, minus two and a half like in the third it. quarter. That's minus 115. They might, maybe they're just one of those teams. They just like go out and just dominate third quarters. Love it. There's so many good options. This is the first time I've looked at these lines. Um, give me the Jags plus four against the Colts. Mm. They're at home. <laughs> you love the Jags. Big Jags I, I was guys. so ready to jump in. Honestly, like it's a bad week for Texans because I like last week. Those are two of my teams, like Texans Jags. I think they're going to be decent, and they both look good. And now it's like, eh, pump the brakes Can on the you Texans really this say week. The Jags looked good when they lost to the Washington Commanders. They, I mean, when you just see Trevor Lawrence, every third down, he's just driving a ball right to the only place you can put it. James Robinson is running even better than last year. The defense, Trayvon Walker is putting up stats that no rookie has in his first game since J.J. Watt. And they're playing the Colts, who are terrible. And and Henry, I think actually the the biggest thing to that uh, is they were kind of like the Broncos last night. They, I think, went to the red zone two times and came away with zero scores in in those two times. And you look at the Broncos, they had two red zone trips that came away with zero scores as well. Now it is the Commanders. But last night for the Broncos, it was the Seahawks as well. So I I, I feel your optimism, but also Mm -hmm. I have a bet on the Jaguars being better than the Colts. You and I have that's that with Ryan. Right. And I also have the Jaguars. That's right. Better chance of getting to the playoffs than they do a top 10 pick. What's so, the Jags uh, bet? Um, I know ours is top 10 pick or playoffs. Yep, that's you and me. Yep. And then Henry and I <sighs> said owe you but one last... pizza if the Colts have more wins than the Jags. <laughs> oh, okay. yep, you owe each of us a pizza if the, the Jags have more wins than the Colts. I love this. <laughs> I'll also say Seahawks plus 10 at the 49ers is tempting. On and uh, Falcons plus ten and a half against the Rams. Also, look if if we're looking around the league too, I really like the Bucks minus three uh, over the Saints. Oh. That, Zach, yeah, I really like as that. a counter to your well, I'll come back to this. Okay. Uh, first, I want to give a shout out to Mile High City Sliders. Uh, when you come through the tailgate this weekend, you're going to have some Mile High City Sliders, and they are so delicious. They've got that jalapeno popper that everyone loves so much. They've got the drunken meatball which is a great chicken option. Uh, There's so many great uh, options over there from Mile High City Sliders, and they are all so, so delicious. And the best part for you is not only can you have them at our tailgate, but 
you can have them at your event, whether it's a work event or, you know, a graduation party or whatever you may be putting on. Call Dominic at 720-375-3464 and bring in Mile High City Sliders, which I believe are the single best food you can have from a food truck. That's the Mile High City Sliders food truck. Hit them up. Okay, so you have an issue with me? Remember when you said you wish the Broncos had more difficult games early in the season? Yep. Aren't you glad now that they play the Texans in week two instead of the Chiefs? Because then we'd be really worried. Um, no, no, because uh, I would be more worried losing to the Texans and going 0 2 than I would be about, let's say, playing. Uh, but like when you tell me like the, the Rams are playing the Falcons, I'm like, wow, that's a lucky break for them. They have the Falcons on the schedule. They can just get right and, and figure it out. Or how about one of these two first games being tough? Yeah, that would have been fine. Right. That would have right, been fine. Right. But I think it worked out well for the Broncos now that they got to work the you know, they got to shake the rust off yesterday. Then they get another chance to just like beat a team that you should beat. Now if they don't, panic send the alarms. But wouldn't you be sending the alarms either way? Because if they were playing this brand of football against two good teams, they probably would have gotten blown out. Yeah, but then you would at least have a better opportunity to make for, make up for it down the line. By playing those yeah, teams. Fair. And, and at the same time, I do think... 0-2 start against anyone to me is like, you've, you're in trouble. Sure, yeah, the, the Chiefs, odds are not in your favor. The Chiefs are so good right now, I don't want to play them right now. Like, give the Broncos a chance to try to figure things out so they have an offense that can compete. That 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 offense for the Chiefs right now, the it Chiefs, looks unstoppable. Unfortunately, I think they're only going to be better or at like the same. I don't think the Chiefs are going to be regressing. The Chiefs always hit true. a little mid-season lull. You just uh, need no, the Broncos year, to get better. they started really bad. Yeah, that's true. And then, and then they took off. But they're no, not thinking the Bills. The Bills had that bad stretch in the middle. Or was it the Chiefs? Like 9 to 13. Well, the Chiefs started really poorly. Okay. What was their record? 1 and 3, 2 and 3. I don't, I don't, I don't remember. 2 and 2. There you go. Teams can start 2 and 3 and yeah, still be okay. Ab- absolutely. Or 2 and 2. Um, all right. Should we get to comments? We've got a lot of mm-hmm. comments to get oh, to. Oh, my goodness. I'm sure we do. Should we hit some super chats first? Let's go. Drake R. Concerned about the Fangio-esque timeouts during the kneel down. Huh. That's a weird thing to be concerned about. There's a lot of things to be concerned about That's that would, wouldn't even make my list. I just had someone tweet at me, too, being concerned, saying they were very embarrassed about it. To me, I like it. Um, and the reason is, all you're doing is giving yourself a 0.1% chance at a miracle, but you're giving yourself a chance at it. Um, I, I don't think it was, it's not a sore loser thing. What Nathaniel Hackett's doing there is hoping and praying, and he knows it's a long shot, that mm-hmm. they fumble the snap and the Broncos get it, and then they have one more shot. So to me, I don't see any downside in that. Makes sense. I don't, if they didn't call it timeouts, I wouldn't care. I hope he does it every single game. I do too, because you give yourself that chance. Yeah, Why not? It's not high. I, I, you know, John, I talked about kicking and screaming. Why would you not take every possible chance to win to mm-hmm. get a lucky break? Again, I get it. You're right. Point zero 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 one percent chance it happens. Yeah. If it ever does happen, people will be saying, "Why hasn't every coach done this forever?" And it has happened before. Fumbled snaps. You know, weird fumbles. All sorts of stuff. So it's it doesn't embarrass me at all. Uh, no. it, it makes me think. Okay, well, he's trying to take every chance. He's hoping that somehow some way like fate is on his side and wants to give him a lucky break in his first game yep exactly uh next one coming in from taylor says my boys i don't know if i can handle these heartbreaking games anymore yesterday was my my fiance's birthday they played the chargers on my birthday as well that game is an L. They never win on my birthday. Oh, That's maybe, bad news. Maybe they'll change that. Wouldn't this they play year, on your Taylor? birthday like once every seven years? 
unless it's crazy like his birthday is yeah. on a sunday fell and on a, a thursday and, and then it like has yeah. the leap year where it skips a bit <laughs> <laughs> yep um all right should we get into the comments oh Broncos just signed Dominique Daphne, tight end from Green Bay. What does that mean? Uh, I have no idea. Don't believe any tight ends were injured after last night's game. Obviously, that could have changed. Sauber getting cut for dropping that ball in the end Oof, zone? It's, Maybe. Uh, it's, I mean, there has to be another move, and I'm a little bit worried about uh, Quinn Minards, which based on nothing except he left that game with a hamstring. Oh, that would be bad. But there, uh, that is the one thing that I think you can point to. But I don't think it's happening. I'm just scared. Yeah. Um, by the way, Pete Carroll said after the game they wanted to get Russ to roll left. That's mm -hmm. where they believe that he's at his worst. I thought he made his best throw of the game while he was rolling left. It was the one to Eric Salbert. Was yeah. his dropped interception in the end zone rolling left? No. that was, You're talking about the one with Jamal Adams? Um, uh, no. Oh, no. That wasn't rolling. He just threw a fade ball way he too far inside. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Um, People are saying the that the um, that Russ threw two interceptions that were dropped, and they're counting that Jamal Adams one. That does not, to me, count as a no. dropped interception. Like that's a collision the contested, contested ball. Yeah. yeah, like that's the other not... one though was no. That one was straight up. Yeah, he just you know he needed to mm -hmm. Willie maze it, and he couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, and it, like and Cortland Sutton gave up on the play. I if if that's intercepted, I'm losing my mind at Cortland. Yeah, very fair. Yep. Very fair. Just but. run through the guy that's trying to, you know, that's pushing you towards the sideline, try and get to the ball. There are dropped interceptions in every game, too. Russell isn't the only one who benefited that's, from drops. That's why those guys play on defense. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into the comment section where we have plenty, and we'll go quick. Bronk Euler says, what a horrible debut from our rookie head coach. He's still my guy, and I'm confident that he'll get turned around. That was a bad, bad look for Coach Hackett on a nationally mm -hmm. televised primetime game. Penalties, the metric that reflects the most directly on coaching, were awful. Crowd noise was a factor, but we had false starts and illegal formation from the left tackle. Roughing the passer, taunting, unnecessary roughness, way too many fractions. Do you guys think penalties are a uh, reflection of the coach? <sighs> to an extent, but also, I mean, I always think, like, uh, Garrett Bowles knows where to line up. The coaches have taught him that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, how about, does Jonathan Cooper know not to stand over people after you make a tackle? Yes. He's does, been told that? Know. You think they've said that at some point? You would hope, and that's that's just what we don't know. But you would mm -hmm. think so. Right. You know, I just want to go through these. Um, false starts. Do the guys know not to uh, go before the ball goes? Unless they didn't practice silent count enough. In fact, they actually did not go silent count while under center, mm. uh, at least in the first half. Okay. So that could be a coaching sure. issue. Sure. Coaching error. Um, what else? Hold on Sertan. Oh. Hold on DJ Jones. Yeah, I mean... P.I. on Darby. And Those are all just not playing the preseason more than anything. That's what I blame, not coaching. And there's also just or, going... You're going to get penalties throughout the game. You just can't have the completely boneheaded decision-making ones that the Broncos mm -hmm. had way too many of. The false starts... Is there something about like being scared of your coach being mad at you that makes you do less of those types of penalties? Like, Probably. Does, yeah, like does Jonathan Cooper not stand over the the guy after he tackles him if he knows like if i get a 15 yard penalty here like bill belichick is gonna be screaming in my face right yeah maybe there might be something there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and it's, it's so hard to know those there's a little bit of both involved yep um courtland sutton false starting like 
It's 0% on Nathaniel Hackett. Just yeah. stay until the ball goes. Totally. Mm-hmm. I do think that these are just like not having played. And I want to take back. It's not not playing preseason. Oh. It's being early in the season. Like it's going to happen to everybody. By week three, they need to be gone. But Hopefully it doesn't happen to everybody. The, did the Broncos lead the league? No. Had the second most penalties this week or was something that like many? that? Uh, yeah, it was 12 for 100 yards. Yeah, I guess that would be up there. Yeah. <laughs> it's really bad. The the you could uh, I I could live with the take that, you know, playing in the preseason would have eliminated some of those. Uh, I'm not going to mm-hmm. fight back too hard on that. Um it's just are you willing to to make that risk reward proposition? No. Um, I kind of think really quick. I kind of think the uh playing in the preseason is a little overhyped. Um because Josh Allen played one series in the preseason, I believe. That one series. And Russell Wilson wasn't the problem at all. So it, it, Exactly. That one series didn't yeah. like change him as a quarterback and get no. him ready for this season. Like you said, Russ I used was that, fine too. I used that quarterback stat because I just thought it was the most evident yeah. of what teams yeah. are willing to play guys versus what, what teams aren't. Yeah. Um, but it's not. it wasn't really about the quarterback. It had nothing to do with Russell Wilson not playing in the preseason, I don't think. I thought the dude was awesome. Yep. He didn't have anything to do with the fumbles on the goal line or anything like that, except for maybe taking too long to snap the ball, but we don't know whose fault that was. Right. We goes on. Uh, physicality, those were clearly dudes who have not played a snap of live full ta- contact football in nine months. Missed tackles, bad ball security through contact, getting pushed around in the trenches. Mm-hmm. Just a sloppy, unpolished physical performance. Finally, some of the most abysmal situational clock management I can remember. With a minute left, we keep the clock running through some kind of confusion and burn 30 seconds just to call a timeout. Then on fourth and five with a red hot Russell Wilson, two timeouts and 20 seconds on the clock. He elects to kick a 64 yard field goal at the limit of B max range and says post game. He's confident he'd make the kick. If he were to be in the same situation again, the levels of tragedy and irony here, given all the talk of letting Russ cook are borderline Shakespearean to his credit. I thought the offensive play calling and design were great, but fans yep. and media will eat Nathaniel Hackett alive. If this continues. That was another one of my big takeaways today. My God. Some of those play designs were just magical. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and Jerry Judy's route on that slot fade might end up going down as like his sickest route of the year because <laughs> that corner has outside leverage. I mean, like full on outside leverage, which is the hardest thing to beat if you're running a slot fade. He's he set up perfectly. Mm-hmm. And Jerry just does the littlest little turn of his shoulders to get him to close his hips because he thinks he's running the slant mm-hmm. and then just crosses his face and is gone. And it should have been. If Russ throws the ball far enough, it is a walk-in, hold the ball back, taunt him as you go into the end zone touchdown. Don't do that, though. Uh, but <laughs> that was sick. Um, but there was just so much good play design out there, and that was at least so refreshing to see. It was incredible. There was so much to like. The problem is that there was like, obviously the one decision in the game that's worth 80% of the coach's grade, yeah. and then you throw in the shotgun when you're close to the end zone, that sort of stuff. So you can't say it's a good game. But there was play like design even was just, just like ugh. the players he put out there. Albert O plays 44 snaps. Seven of them are runs. 16%. Like, the balance for each player is perfect. Because you don't want him out there run blocking too much, but you do need to show that that's an option. And They ran the ball 29% of the time, so it's dipping him under. You want 45% for Tomlinson, 44% for Saubert, 60% for Beck. Like, you just see how everything is pieced together to be perfectly balanced for the personnel. Like, you're throwing Tyree Cleveland in for a few plays just to be your run-blocking wide receiver, but also having him run a couple routes would be balanced. There was so much to like about how all that was set up. Yeah, the offensive play design was so refreshing. I wish we could just talk about that all day today because the Broncos won what, what did you say was possible 38 17 yeah mm-hmm. yeah they, if they Fetty whopped them mm. would be a good day today would be a great yeah. day <laughs> Kai not Kyler says hi Zach Arcane Herner you got me as a daily listener from Portland Oregon I'm finally a DNVR member we got him 
got him. We got him. I hope to meet you guys when I'm in town for the San Francisco game, probably at the tailgate. I was at the last, I was at the game last night and wanted to share a few things I saw from the stands that I didn't hear emphasized much in the postgame pod. One, Russ was good, not great. He took multiple sacks by uh, evacuating a clean pocket and had at least one easy pick drop. Deep ball accuracy was all over the place. Um, the second sack. The first one was he's he's trying to run left and he gets caught. What was the second sack? He only got sacked twice. Did he get past the last scrimmage when he like dropped back and just pant? There's like a four man rush and he tried to take the mill. He picked up two yards on. Did that. he go yeah, forward? He did. Second yeah. and eight. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what the second sack was, but was it he the says one? multiple sacks. He took two sacks in the game. If both of them were for evacuating a clean pocket, I don't care. I thought he actually did a really good job of staying in clean pockets, um, mm-hmm. and even left a pocket at one point and then got right back in it because he's like, oh, this is clean, delivered a strike to Cortland Sutton. So I thought he actually did a pretty good job of his pocket presence. There was that first and 15 in like the second quarter where you had KJ Hamler. It's like five wide at midfield. KJ's just wide open, five yards downfield. That was the one where he bailed and ran. Yep. But uh, outside of that, for the most part, good. Deep ball accuracy uh, is is... It's not a wasn't concern there, yet, yeah. um, but it was an underlying theme and concern for me throughout training camp after watching mm-hmm. him. It, it That hasn't gone away. And uh, I mean, It's not something that I'm freaking out about, but an underlying concern. Yeah, even the one, I mean, he throws a 65-yard touchdown or whatever it was, and it was a really bad throw. Right. Russ underthrows his deep balls. Like, that's a strategy thing for him. And when you watch, I mean, we watched it last night, it was just frustrating. Like, just just throw it up to Cortland yeah, Sutton. Like, like, it didn't feel like it paid him, off once yeah. that they underthrew a ball. No, it did once. He got a, he got a PI yeah. once on yeah. court. Oh, okay. Uh, and I'll take those all the time if they're working. I just want to hit, like, a couple of those in the game or at least get, get them to the receiver's hands. Number two, he says, I need to watch the all-22, but I had the first two sacks on Reisner. He let a free runner come across his face both times, basically untouched. Number three, DJ Jones is a beast. His presence transforms our run defense, even in nickel packages. And number four, Seahawks fans are a-holes. I watched the Broncos in Vegas last year, and the 12s last night made the Raiders fans look like saints. Wow. Thanks for all you do. Glad to be in on the action now as a member. We're so pumped to have you, Kai, not Kyler. I don't know what's going on up there in the water in the Pacific Northwest because Oregon fans are also insufferable. Mm, Just got to stay away. Them. Get out of the Northwest. What are uh, what other teams are up there? They all left. Uh, Washington yeah. State. The Trailblazers. Yeah. Are, uh, oh Seattle God. Kraken. Do they have fans? No, they don't have fans. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Next one from Melbourne Bronx says, my boys, well, that sucked. Penalties killed us. The Fumble Brothers <laughs> killed us. The Fumble Brothers, yikes. Our defense just got schooled by Geno effing Smith. Interesting stat. No, the 11 QBs the Bron- or, or that played zero preseason games went 3-8. and eight. This loss will prove costly. Cheers. Yeah, I gave that, that stat last night, and it's actually even worse if you take out the games where they played each other. Yeah, um, yeah. But the Broncos did not get schooled by Geno Smith. They did in the first half. Um, in the second half, 34 yards and a half, uh, negative 12 yards in the fourth quarter. They clamped down. 23 of 28, 195, you two can, touchdowns. That's the best Geno's probably capable of. You can never get schooled and give up 17 points. So then what's that say about the Broncos' offense? It, 16 points. It lost them the game. Right, right, right. Fair. <laughs> The defense did pl- way more than enough to win. You give up 17 they, you'd points. Ex- I expected better. I expected them to give up zero touchdowns. They gave up one. Yeah. Well, two. Right. Sorry. They gave up two. Um, so one more than you thought. Right, right, right. Two more than I thought. But either way, I, <laughs> I, I, like, I always say, you have less than 24, you should win. Uh, yeah, I agree. And really quick, now that we're in the season, we want to get to as many comments as we can, but there's just days where we're not going mm-hmm. to be able to. But in order to get to everyone's comments, 
let's just leave shorter comments during the season so that we can get to, to more peoples. You mean not ones with uh, three long points like this one from yeah, Kirk Smith? Yeah, kind of like all these. <laughs> one, someone please explain Melvin Gordon from the coach's perspective because I don't get it. On the Manning cast, Shannon Sharp didn't get it. Peyton Manning didn't get it. Ugh. I mean, he's a very good running back with a very big problem. 100%. Yeah. And it, it causes uh, confusion. Like, the, pro- the biggest problem is... I'd love to be sitting here today say give every carry to Javante Williams yeah. because he doesn't yeah. fumble. Well, he does, He also yep. fumbles. Like, boom, baby. Philip Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> um, running the ball out of shotgun from the one-yard line, not once but twice, to the right behind Fleming and Glasgow, instead of to the left behind two actual starters and Bulls and Reisner is baffling. All of it was just wrong. Sack up and get a jumbo set out there if you're going to run it. Uh, you kept four tight ends for a reason. Henry, you really liked Fleming in the run game. Cam Fleming was – I think Quinn Miners was the best run blocker. Cam Fleming was right behind him. Graham Glasgow made some mistakes, so if you want to say that's why you don't go that way, like, I I guess that's fair. But, I mean, Cam Fleming played an incredible game. Good for him, man. The the big thing for me is don't run out of shotgun, especially twice in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. If Quinn Miners is in the game, those might just both be touchdowns and Mm – but he wasn't. I know. So I know. To, I'm just. You have to know. It like, sucks. As a coach. It sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the number of timeouts that Hackett and Russ apparently didn't know they had for 29 and a half minutes of the second half. How about calling one before the delay of game inside the 10 or before your TD when Sutton had a false start because of mass confusion or at any point before uh, 21 seconds left on the final drive was Rush giving an inspirational speech in the huddle. Uh, every huddle in the red zone. Breaking the huddle with less than 10 seconds or less is unforgivable and also an automatic take-a-timeout situation. Somehow we managed to do it on every play for three series straight in the red zone. I'm glad we found a coach with worse time management skills than Vic, watching him scream at the ref with 10 seconds left in the game to bump back up after 15 after Gino took his first knees with icing on the cake. Holy hell. Again, I, I liked it. Give yourself every chance. Uh, I agree with a lot of his other points, though. Use a timeout instead of getting a delay of game. Uh, I didn't see mass confusion on the um, Sutton false start. Like They were lined up and ready to go. I I, I agree. Now, the biggest thing so that Nathaniel Hackett doesn't turn into Vic Fangio is learning from these mistakes and not having this happen over and over again. Because that was the thing. Every coach is going to have bad mistakes with game management at some point in the career. The good ones learn Andy from Andy Reid was literally known for it for yes. like 15 mm-hmm. years. Yes, and the good ones learn from it. He eventually learned from it. Mm. Vic Fangio, it didn't seem like he was ever going to learn from it. So it's like, what are we doing here? Just sticking with a guy that's never going to learn. Nathaniel Hackett has to show and has to prove. And you know what? Today, when we talk to him at 315, he's going to have an opportunity mm-hmm. to say, I should have done this different. I can do this different. That would be a step. He doesn't have to admit his wrongs in front of the public. This Sunday, he's going to have another opportunity to actually show that he's learning. And we'll see. We'll see. Um, I'm not freaking out that he's Vic Fangio game manager, but he does need to prove that he's not now. I also think a lot of offensive-minded coaches will have the philosophy that it's. I'd rather – I'm not trading a timeout for five yards. We should be able to get those five yards. Yeah, they they will. It's just a really bad look when then you're – When it doesn't work. When you have two left, you know, or three left. Yep, for sure. And real quick, 10 carries for 71 yards to the right, nine carries for 40 to the left. There we go. Oh, right yep. was better. I like it. Howler Broser. And the thing about Melvin really quick, he, he is a good running back. He mm-hmm. has really bad mistakes. Yeah. Really he, bad mistakes. Yeah. Howler Broser says, Great pot after a tense night. I'm disappointed, but not panic. A lot of mistakes that thankfully are correctable. Something that didn't get talked about enough was how damn long it took to get lined up and set. Yeah, we talked yep. about that. Um, is that hack not getting the play calls uh, in fast enough? Offensive players not knowing the playbook just yet? Well, I guess hopefully we'll find out today yeah, a little exactly. more. Exactly. 
Uh, to me, those issues were the biggest reason for the two fumbles. Russ seemed like he was rushing everything to get the ball off. Mm-hmm. And that just caused sloppy O-line play, and boom, backs fumble there. Yeah. Yep. And as we talked about, I mean, we, we, we uh, believe it's not right either. G. Ham says, disgusting, embarrassing, unacceptable, deplorable, humiliating, unbelievable, astonishing, befuddling, mind-numbing, hopeless, spinless. Spineless. Hum- spineless <laughs> and probably spinless. Humbling, disappointing, flabbergasting. That's we, all I've got. You know what? Uh, mm-hmm. um, I think is the most important word here to the reaction today. Hmm. Humiliating, um, and part of it is on us, and I say us as Broncos country because we just ran our mouths so much about the Seahawks and how much they're going to suck without Russ and how they made the dumbest trade and all this stuff, and that's what's making people react in such a negative Mm -hmm. and you know freaking out way is because the broncos and and this is a weird thing that happens in sports the broncos made us look stupid we all look stupid because of all the things we were saying before so now we're more mad that they lost um and i think that's like that's like the number one thing i'm seeing is like the people who are jawing the most are the most upset today because they look the silliest. Yeah, exactly. uh, and Their you team know, let them down. We did it, and it's not just a normal game where there's just a week to look stupid. We had a whole off season to look yeah. stupid, and we all did. Yep. Where we didn't look stupid is Russ did not look like he was in decline last night. <sighs> Certainly not. His his legs were not. He didn't, he didn't look like him. Kyler back there. No. But again, uh-huh. when he rolled out, he didn't quite. But everything else, I mean, yeah, the world's better than what we've had. Exactly. Chico Bean says, clock management and running backs failed us. Shake my head. And what's up with social media saying Gino won this game? He got shut out in the second half and disappeared. What Gino did was he did enough. And he did 90, no, he did 100% of it in the first half. And then he shut down, and the Broncos shut him down in the second mm-hmm. half. Yeah, he really didn't do enough, but he got very lucky. Shortest average depth of target in the NFL. Just and that's just like little that, tiny no mistakes though this no. will actually end up mistakes. that's gonna end up hurting the seahawks long term because like pete carroll oh he is he's so justified he in his oh, feelings yeah. right now and that's absolutely a like false prophet i mean it's gonna be john elway and john elway did it on a much grander scale john elway won a freaking super bowl and then said i'm gonna try this philosophy for four more years this proved to pete carroll that he can do it and it's gonna mm-hmm. hurt them yep windy city broncos says i've been thinking about the way the game played out it may not be as bad as it seemed in the heat of the moment. If Hackett made the decision to kick a field goal as soon as he knew it was fourth and five, he has he has to deal with the time on the clock. If he sends out the field goal unit, the Seahawks immediately use their last time timeout to save time. That's very true. Um, that would give Seattle about a minute to drive the field if the Broncos score. It is better in that scenario to line up and act as you're going for it. Let the play clock run, and maybe uh, if you get a good look from Seattle's defense, you go for it. That's what they did. Don't get me wrong. The decision to kick the field goal was wrong, but maybe the clock management was better than it seemed. I hope maybe. I actually, I actually don't think the clock management was wrong if you're deciding to kick the field goal. Yep. I do. And, and we, we talked about this yep. last night, but the best case scenario is you quickly send out your field goal unit. They call a timeout. Then you have all three timeouts left. And you're kicking a field goal with about 55 seconds left. That would that's be great. Actually, that's actually really smart. That, w- that would be fantastic. <laughs> you don't get that look, though. You don't get the look. But you, you don't do. Get the, get... They weren't going to do anything with the look but, anyway. Oh, totally. If totally. you run the field goal unit out and they take that time out, then even if you miss it, bang, 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 you actually still have like 45 seconds. And then all you need is to get to the what? The f- 40? Yeah. <laughs> we know it's not, not the, the 46. 46. <laughs> <laughs> Next one coming in from the count. The Count. I said that right. Oh. The Count. Oh. Oh. He's back. Dearest brethren, I was jostled from a many-month slumber last night to the sound of a man sobbing. 
Upon extracting myself from my sleep sleeping tomb, I encountered that someone had been squatting in my castle. They were watching a replay of a McManus Miss Field Goal try on repeat and wiping their own tears away with aged copies of Henry Chisholm's written newspaper articles from the Montana Cayman. 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 After conf yeah. con confronting the lad for a moment, I realized the hellhounds on him oh, and no. sent him on his merry way back to whence he came. I'm pretty sure this fellow hacked my DNVR account too. Please disregard anything suspect written and under my name. In the meantime, I'll be tearing down a Hank Chisholm, whoever that is, fat head off the wall of the Great Hall, and then I'll attempt to catch up on six months of pod. What have I missed? Mace, I assume you'll read this one too. <laughs> love the count. That's a good we one. love you, count. Uh, R.I.P. Yes. Big Hank Stan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and the next one's from Hey to Your Peers, by the way. Great comment, Count, and welcome back. Uh, well, this is a rough morning after from that game last night. Blame game. One, Melvin and Javante. Two, defensive penalties. Three, offensive penalties. I'm definitely not trying to be the weird contrarian with my take on the Broncos' last play. At the end of a normal game, I would 100% say give it to Russ and the offense, no questions asked. But the offense had not proven themselves trustworthy enough to get those five yards with having pre-sap penalty or a holding call during the play or something like that. I think the field goal was a tough look, but I think Hack was justified in not completely trusting the offense after what he'd seen all second half and kind of all game. There is a world in which when Russ comes into Hackett's office today, Nathaniel Hackett tells him, bro, I trust you with everything I have. I just didn't trust the guys around you last night. He could say that, but then Russ could say five yards. We put up 430 <laughs> yards in the game. What are you talking about? Maybe you don't trust uh, us at the one, but midfield? Come on, bud. Mm -hmm. Fair enough, but... It, it helps the relationship between those two, which is the most important thing. I think that may be a smart way for Hackett to approach this. Yes. yes. Uh, it also seems from an outsider's perspective, that's what my mom used to always tell me uh, when I was driving. She's like, I think you're a good driver. I trust you. I yeah. don't trust the other drivers <laughs> yeah. on the road. Yeah. Now we know what the real yeah. reason yeah. was. No, I'm actually a great driver. Uh, it also seems from an outsider's perspective that if Russ disagreed with Hack, he could have gone rogue to some degree. Could you imagine that after first game? If Russ disagreed, he seems to have the freedom to call a timeout or run a play or do something different than what Hack had wanted to do. Hackett's given him that responsibility and freedom, hasn't he? Not quite to that degree. Play calling, but not that. Yeah. So I think while Hackett is obviously the coach and the game management falls on him, it doesn't in reality fall squarely on his shoulders. That decision is on Russ too, I think. Russ showed no pushback on the decision on the field. He walked off, took his helmet off, went to the bench like he didn't look mad. None of that. And one thing that I have to say, as I saw takes out there that just said I, that Peyton Manning would have never let this happen. He would have never let that. And it's like, do we not remember one of the worst decisions in Broncos history, which was kneeling the ball with 30 seconds left against the Ravens? Like, we're just forgetting that. Because yeah. Peyton Manning didn't stop that mm -hmm. from happening. Yeah, it's very true. So let's not act like, you know, the best quarterback's defy their coach at every opportunity like some maybe russ agreed with the decision yeah, i don't think so it could be. but maybe peyton manning agreed with that decision that day it was cold all that stuff like it's not as simple as just the quarterback just you know if you're good you tell your coach no i'm not coming off the field like right. that's just mm -hmm. it's not that simple right also that ball was so close to going in i was rewatching that over and over again i think again. you're the only one who has that of like how oh. close that ball was two feet left and it's in a foot left you need a bounce how often do you see kicks miss that close, though? It happens often. Oh, yeah. for sure. It's, it's totally. typically that close. Totally. It's just funny. You know, we have an entire city in disarray today because of yep. two feet there, one inch on Eric Tomlinson's foot. Yep. Uh, you just know, one little gust of wind. Football is a crazy thing, man. It's We were so, so close to an so electrifying close. win, and instead it's a depressing loss. Yep. 
inches. Crazy how that happens. All right. We weren't able to get to all of our comments, but we have already run very, very long. So apologize, apologies if we weren't able to get to it. If you want, you can copy it over for tomorrow. Um, hopefully tomorrow is a, is a turn the page day. Yes. Time to look forward. <laughs> Stop bemoaning all the things that went wrong in this game. But uh, appreciate everyone who tuned in today. And, of course, we're not going anywhere. We'll be right back here with you tomorrow. Hit us with a thumbs up on your way out on YouTube. Five-star reviews on iTunes. Always appreciate it. And we'll catch you tomorrow. I know some landmarks we used to hit. We're flying cotton.